giddy senses tingling. Really? Uh, <laughs> Shut it down. Big show. We've all uh, braved the rising waters of uh, suburban Philadelphia to be with you today, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Jonesy and I almost died on the way here. How is it that Dale underscore A is driving all the way from Jersey and he got here just because he beat the storm? He had to leave at like 2 in the afternoon to get here on time. I weathered this storm. You know what? We can argue off mic. Somebody kick the intros. Uh, we got a big show. This is the Paper Keg Podcast. Uh, we talk about the industry news. We talk about what we're reading, new and old, this week. We have a book club. I can clap. It's uh, Captain America by Ed Brubaker. Steve Epting, Michael Lark, uh, issues one through fourteen. Yeah, uh, and then totally we, worth and it. And then we get to your letters at the end of the show. So thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you guys, thanks for being here. Is that is that phone muted? No, Let's we're talk good. About it's, it. a, it's on. It's all vibrate. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, uh, Jonesy is here. He is a he is a noted writer locally. Uh, he's yep. putting together a comic book with the Brad Heitmeyer, who did uh, probably a fantastic cover for this week's show. You know it. You I know, know it. What? I know it. That um, guy, the Feinsta on the Twitter, or the real Feinsta, if you're feeling salty, uh, his work uh, is quite incredible. He's he's a catch, and we caught him. Guy's epic. He's taking submissions right now, I believe. Yeah. For a price. Email us for details. Uh, Mark Farrington is here, DC historian slash angry black man slash TV celebrity slash. I think I'm the nicest guy on the podcast. How did I get angry black man? I don't you know. gave yourself that name you're like bl- four episodes ago. You're you know a black what? I remember man. that. Yeah, I remember that. You're you right. Don't read our, you don't read our website. You don't listen to the shows we do. <laughs> we'll get into that. What we'll do get, you do we'll here? Get Mark. into that, John. Save it. Save the show. Save the show. Uh, probably the most important piece of this show, outside of myself. <laughs> wow. Podcast bad boy, internet celebrity Dale underscore A. Podcasting ain't easy, but it sure is fun. <laughs> but it sure is fun. I'm excited about this week's show. San Diego Comic Con just ended. You know, a lot of our friends were there. Uh, Cameron. Jam Stump wasn't there. He had some kind of wedding. Jam Stump on the Twitter. Check him out. Yep. G Off was there. I think. Uh, Your close friend, G Off Johnson. We're talking about real life friends. Oh, my fault. My bad. Um, Keep going. I think a comic book girl on the Twitter was there. Okay, word. Yeah. Yeah, she's a friend. Uh, Wonder Ali on the Twitter. I call her Ali. I'm sure she Like the that. boxer. Uh, a lot of stuff happened this week and at San Diego Comic-Con. Big convention. So we're going to go we're going to go round table. We're doing an early round table spectacular uh, on the events transpiring this weekend. Dale, what were some of the memorable moments for you? Coming out of this weekend, 
There's a lot of <clears throat> whole lot of nothing coming out this oh, weekend. Good heavens. Uh, you know, it, I would still love to be there, but uh, let's be honest here. Crap oh, as far geez. as news. Highlight for me, um, the Spider-Man panel. Um, Andrew Garfield showing up at the beginning of it. Right. Oh, God. What an, what an uh, amazing moment, huh? Wasn't that great? I teared up a little bit. For those folks who don't know, uh, their Amazing Spider-Man panel is going to have a Q&A. Andrew, and somebody walks up, a Spider-Man, somebody dressed as Spider-Man, ratty, tatty, Party City, Spider-Man uh, costume. Mm-hmm. About to get Party City in here. Starts <laughs> talking about, he starts talking about uh, how his love for Spider-Man. He's so happy to be here. Tears off his mask. Andrew Garfield, the next Amazing Spider-Man, coming to theaters 2012. Yeah, what a... I, uh, you know, I heard rumors that something something happened with that Spider-Man panel. It, it lived up to expectations. What a way to get the fans on your side, you know, for a movie that most people probably think should, uh, shouldn't have been made. Agreed. I mean, that's that's one way to, uh, to uh, win the fans, win the hearts of many, win the heart of me. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't take much to win um, your heart. And out of that panel as well, Andrew Garfield assigned uh, aside. The panel was very good. There was some Spider Island news. Uh, Zeb Wells and a bunch of the writers were there. Uh, Dan Slott was in uh, via the satellite feed. Right. Um, they talked Spider Island. They talked some of the uh, the tie-ins for the book. Mm-hmm. They talked Avenging Spider-Man. They talked. Did they have, I missed that Avenging Spider-Man talk. Anything important uh, happen? Anyone? Um, they basically said uh, Wacker was talking about it. He said the story is obviously going <laughs> to s- sell the book. Sorry, fifth Steve graders. Steve Wacker and uh, the guy just complimented uh, Joe Mad, and uh, they didn't talk about Avenging Spider-Man as much as I would have liked. You know, I would have liked to get a little more spoilers, but right. Uh, uh, they talked about Remender doing Venom, Zeb Wells doing a Carnage series. That I love Zeb nice. Wells. And I think if anybody can make a Carnage series not suck, Zeb Wells has my favorite. I'm going to agree with you on that. Mark, so was the panel more like teasers, or did you get any good content out of it? Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of teasers. Okay. I mean, uh, uh, for the most part, uh, they talked about uh, Daredevil a little bit too. And uh, for some reason, I, I guess um, some of the the uh, creators were there, and they just happened to stumble on the Daredevil, and. Uh, and Mark Wade was talking about how it's a it's a very the new Daredevil is going to be a modern story, but you don't have to go get a drink after every issue, so <laughs> it's not going to be like the worst. It's thing. not going to be a Bendis or Miller story. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he yeah he said I don't think how you could tighten the noose around Matt Murdock's neck anymore. Maybe if you made him deaf too. But uh, wow, so he's Mark definitely Ryan. he definitely understands that maybe the fans just don't need that right now, and uh, he's going there, but. Um, I'm really pumped about this um, this Carnage series, most of all, and Spider Island, which is going to be amazing. And uh, to to double on that, uh, Spider Man goes day date same day digital, starting with uh, Spider Island. Gonna do it. I'm gonna pick. Oh, it up. Gonna do it. That's yeah, great. Yeah. That's ballsy. Three ninety nine for those issues. You know Z. what? If it was two ninety nine, I'd do it. I retract that previous statement. Three ninety nine. Good man. Damn. Isn't X Men doing that too? Uh yeah, when when their relaunch starts, uh, thanks for taking all my topics. Uh, Happy when, to do it. When that relaunches, they will be going it. day date same day, starting with that relaunch because it's the perfect time to, for new readers. You know, Uncanny X Men number one, Wolverine and the X Men. Oh man, I know you just said it, but what issue of Spider Man are they doing that? 
six six six. I oh, okay. think is the start. Yeah, it's either that or it's like the prelude to um, to the to the new event. Spydra Island. Spydra. I see what yeah. you did there. See? I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is we're only going to get hotter. We're here. in Mark's uh, HQ, box. Paper Keg North, uh, Farrington Estates. Stately Math Manor does not have AC operating um, right now. But it's like we're in a basement. And we're like, it. This is where people in those sweat glands would go to keep cool. Jonesy, what are you excited about from the San Diego Comic Con? Uh, I love keeping track uh, of the Eisners every mm-hmm. year. You know, a lot of times, you know, you watch it or, you know, you see who wins in the next couple of years. They're usually they become your big names that everybody's reading. Right. Uh, Top three, uh, and of course not the top three of the whole uh, Eisner Awards, but the three that caught my eye. Ready for this? Best new series, American Vampire, Scott Snyder and Stephen King. Oh, congrats mm-hmm. to them. Okay. Mixed reviews by the Paper Cake group, but uh, I definitely don't begrudge them success. Best continuing series, no shock, Chew by John Lehman and Rob Gilroy. Absolutely. Big fan. Really? Yeah. Big yeah. fan. This one, I, I almost got out of my chair and clapped. <laughs> Best limited series, Day Tripper, by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Quite incredible. <laughs> you fooled me on that one. I was so like drawn by your pronunciation, I thought there was something else coming. No, no, that was that was it. So uh, congratulations to uh, Fabio Moon for Day Tripper. Uh, Going to be one of my uh, perennial reads. One of those books that I plan to give everybody when they want, you know, what's a good comic? Jonesy loves beer to get into. Day Tripper, Sons and Daughters. That's how we do it. <laughs> JLB. Uh, next next piece. I had a little funny comment that probably won't come off funny, but uh, San Diego debuted more Star Wars deleted scenes. Oh, God. To go on a Blu ray set. It, like, Star Wars is the Tupac of the sci-fi yeah. <laughs> universe. Whenever there's a new medium, there's a miraculously another scene that just yeah. showed up out of nowhere. It's like he's holding them in some kind of vault waiting yeah. for for yeah. like the next thing to release. And every time he drops that new scene, that's like one another million in his pocket. At oh least. yeah, must be a tough life for uh whatever that guy's name is, George Lucas. And uh they announced Bebo McGee. They announced Star Wars comics for the Dark Horse app. All the old ones from I think uh when they in the 70s. The Marvel, Marvel books? The old Marvel? I think so, yeah, because uh, what's the other publisher? Is it Dark Horse? No, um, Transformers. Transformers, the old Marvel books came out, but they're oh, yeah. being republished by... Uh, IDW, I think. Is right? it by IDW? No, I can't remember. Um, but anyway, they, they covered up the old logo for Marvel in like, some kind of new cover design so they don't have to worry about you know people seeing the Marvel logo. It's really weird. Like they they cover up the bottom the the bottom third and the top third of the cover. What are they doing? Just reprinting? Yeah, like you can buy them digitally. Oh, uh, cool. But they're they're being sold by a new publisher. Nice. I guess the rights expired. Was that was that three from Gen Z? Uh, no, I have one more. Yeah, and that's just um, the Walking Dead panel. They debuted the new four minute look. Still haven't two. even looked at that either. Uh, so. I I tried to bring it up with my uh, my iOS device, <laughs> but it crashes. So, really? Um, as soon as everybody else stops looking at it, I'll be right there to look at it. <laughs> That's unfortunate. That but uh, unfortunate. you know, that just that left me to speculate. You know, Darabont. Remember, he fired all those writers. Yeah, that was season. that was the rumor that he canned them all. Yeah. So it, it's. I'll be interested to see what if it takes a more true take to the series. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there, you know, there was no CDC 
Right. And um, Walking Dead, but of course we saw that in season one. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see. Uh, I want to see The Prison. Mm-hmm. That's That was, you know, some of the best storytelling I thought. So. Uh, Absolutely. Mark. D.C. Historian. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a TV star now on the Tosh point oh, you know, your side project. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yes. Hello. Just Google it. Um, what were you excited about? I'm right up there with Dale. Not much. A lot of stuff just seemed kind of, I don't know, like you're reading headlines and got no content. Having said that, though, one of the things I loved is one of my favorite writers, Brian K. Vaughn, is coming back to comics in Image. The same man who brought you Why the Last Man, Runaways, and Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. Is doing Saga? Yeah. Or Sega. 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 Change it up a bit. Scheduled to debut in early 2012, which is so far the only thing they're releasing about it is it's an ongoing drama for adults. Chronicling the epic life and times of one young family fighting to survive a never-ending war. Anybody who's ever read Brian K. Vaughn's stuff know that he might have a simple pre- excuse me, premise on the surface. His stuff is so layered and so good that I can't wait for this. Brian wow. K. Vaughn and Image. Can I, what uh, else do you need? I want to piggyback. I want to pig- piggyback on you right now physically piggyback and, and talk about this. It's going to get hot. Uh, way hot my favorite mine. quote from this panel. Ready for it? BKV, the comic should be the destination, not the blueprint. Oh yeah, for the t- he was talking about the TV show exactly and the movie. You know, people were you know were asking him, you know, is this going to be your stepping son to a new TV project? And he just whipped that out and yep. onto their face, and it just slid down. Got to give him props for that, that because every, a lot of people were speculating that he might not come back to monthly comics or comics in general. Right, and he said, "This is my favorite place to tell stories, and uh, we need more of that." We people. do. We need to tell the stories, Jonesy. So you need to do. I'm ready. What's the status on uh, Inherited? Let's let's get into it. Your comic book. Sure. Uh, we have uh, issue one scripted. Life spoiler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's okay. I'll spoil it for everybody. Yeah. Well, Mark, if you could just fan me with that copy book. <laughs> and uh, I think with Finsta's recent freeing up. Right. He's 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 he, cleared his schedule he, for this he's this comic. No longer gainful. Uh, oh, hopefully, I, I'm thinking of uh, with our ability to move forward with some time. I like to get uh, maybe the first five issues done and breakdowns done by the end of the summer. Oh my good that's, heavens, that's, that is lofty! Uh, but that is me myself having to steam through issues. Are you going to be helping on art? Uh, yeah, what's going to get that done? I'm going to do shading. <laughs> may, you know, maybe I'm a little too uh, you know, a little too optimistic. Hey, you know, you got to set uh, the deadlines. How many issues do you have in the can so far? Written, uh, written, yeah, two full scripts, but I have outlines done issues one through twenty four. Whoa, I love it. God bless. Man. Yeah. God bless you. I sent man. you all of that, so thanks for asking. <laughs> I, I know you didn't read it now. <laughs> I read. <laughs> you read, read the title. The you read issue. the email subject line. Moving on, Slim. Uh, no, you have, you have <laughs> no, no. two other uh, notables, hopefully, unless that was it. No, actually, I got another one. Another one of my favorite writers, Bill Willingham, is doing a spinoff to Fables called Ferrist, a play off the title in the Ferrist of them all. Starring all of the other ancillary characters. So it's going to have a rotating cast of artists and also who the opening story arcs are about. Wait, this is more fables? Yeah. <laughs> you were just fables, fables, fables. All everybody likes fables. Every- who? Who's everybody? Oh, my God. Moving on. You and Mary? Outside of us, I think they are. the books are popular. I I read the first trade, but that was it. 
I love them. It was lended to me. And I'm excited about it. And last story, it is about a 17-year-old girl who decided to protest at the San Diego Comic-Con against D.C. Uh-oh. It's getting scandalous right now. Ooh. It is was it, entertaining. Uh, D.C. women kicking ass? No, she was not there. She was not protesting. They stab her in the eye? It's a 17-year-old foreign exchange student from Germany okay. who spoke about her rationale for organizing the protest. She was upset because in the new remix DCU we're getting next month that the Joker and Harley Quinn no longer have their relationship. So she dressed up as Harley Quinn. Her friend dressed up as the Joker to protest. It was all in fun, good little cosplay, and because of it, she actually got to meet the director of public relations from D.C. who gave him some free merchandise. Hmm. On Facebook, she had about 500 people who were quote-unquote going to show up. Right. She had about 15 to 20. Oh, God. Pwned. So basically, I got to go show up at a con just mad about something and I'll get free stuff. You're usually pretty mad all the time. Yeah, but so now I just, just got to pick a direction. <laughs> yeah, but this is a 17-year-old girl. You'll just look drunk and belligerent. <laughs> He doesn't have to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't have anything for that. Uh, he was done. Shut it down. Someone light me a cigar, would you? Uh, big San Diego convention happened. Yeah? And big. What news did you find interesting? Uh, if I can just paint a picture for the sure. listeners real quick. It is so hot in here <laughs> that Slim's fro has deflated. It's the most amazing <laughs> thing I, I've ever can seen. I, can I whip it back up? Can you the... please Instagram that for the oh, listeners? God. Please. I don't know if they want to see that. Let's get into my news. Uh, Mark stole. He he obviously read my notes. <laughs> BKV Saga. Guess what? Image Comics. They can do no oh, wrong. Man. No wrong. Just take all my money. Image Comics. I know. Image. I tell you, I picked up Halcyon. Over the uh, no. Yeah. Did you? I don't Good remember. Stuff. Yeah. Great stuff, huh? Yeah. Finally read it. Um, What'd you get? Saga. Halcyon. Oh, sorry. Can't Talked wait about it. for that book to come out. Twenty, what is it? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Heavens, good heavens. Saga. Um, day and date, same day. X Men. I'm excited about it. Oh man, you know it could be for three, four ninety nine, but it's a start. It's a step in the right direction. Uh, there's no way in hell I'm gonna pay four ninety nine for a thirty page comic. You know, from from the from the Marvel. You know, I don't even want to pay three ninety nine for a print comic these days anymore. Let me just throw that out Completely there. Completely agree. You know, I got. I'm not sure if you guys know. I'm a father now. <laughs> you know, I got. Yeah. I got diapers. You I need to pay for. Yep. Uh, he's he's rolling around. You know, he gets oh, his face and stuff. Wants to eat my Xbox controller. I gotta get wipes. I gotta wipe that slob off. As uh, as the uh, pod father mm-hmm. uh, to James. Right. Yes, I, I I've seen this kid in action. I mean, he's an animal. I mean, you can't sacrifice his needs. For you know, for, schism for, for five dollars. That's schism. why we're a team. You can borrow ours. That's right. That's what we did for schism. You know, I borrowed your schism issue. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. Uh, lastly, you know, something that's near and dear to my heart. Yes, Wolverine. We all love him. Everyone is listening. Obviously, loves Wolverine, the greatest character ever made by humans. <laughs> um. One of my Ooh. favorite, you know, the number one favorite Captain America artist. We talked about it last week. Yeah. Ron Garney is coming back to Wolverine with Jason Aaron. Shut up. No, I will not shut up. I will tell you that it is happening. Regular? Miniseries? Regular. Limited? He's coming to the adjectiveless Wolverine title. Not that he's ever had an adjective title. Um, I think he's le- some, the story that they talked about uh, that he's coming back to is... Wolverine is leaving San Francisco 
Finally. So he, he's going to like his lockbox full of cash to like, you know, afford him leaving. The money's gone, so now he's on a rampage to find out who stole oh, the money from nice. him. Nice. <laughs> Nice. One of the silliest, simple plot ideas I've ever heard. That's you know, so simple, it has to have been done But you know it's going to be so awesome. Oh, I can't wait. But it was Jubilee. Yeah, good point. <laughs> That'd be. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about that I'm not excited about, but worth mentioning, was uh, Jason Aaron is doing a new Hulk book with Mark Silvestri. Your thoughts, Mark? I love Mark Silvestri. I don't care about the Hulk. Me, so me it's just enough interest to make me want to read it. I like the premise. I love Silvestri and Jason Aaron. I'll give it a shot. I mean, he's at least earned a shot. Jonesy. I don't know. One of my favorite Wolverine uh, writers and one of my favorite Wolverine artists together on a book. Yeah. Maybe it's... maybe their magic dust can make Hulk an interesting character. Magic dust. Maybe Hulk will grow claws. <laughs> I don't know. And sideburns, I'm hoping. <laughs> and they would call him Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverhulk. Yeah. Hulkarine. Hulkarine. <laughs> Somebody write that. Someone just bought the domain right now. It's gone. <laughs> Dale, are you at all excited for that book? Um, no? You don't look excited about it. Yeah, no. I My feelings are indifferent about Hulk. I don't think... Uh, uh, it doesn't matter who would write the book. I think Jason Aaron on a book will would definitely draw me towards a book, but um, I don't... Not I don't hate Hulk, but you know I'm, I'm not buying. This we don't like comic. to throw the hate word around a lot. Yeah, I don't and even dis- I don't even dislike. Yeah, I hate little people, but Hulk. <laughs> but Hulk, I don't. Uh, you know, I it's don't call mind. back. That We're doing Hulk. Hulk a Gray next week, so uh, tune in for that. Get yeah, your absolutely. In. Uh, spurned by the big news, next episode Hulk Gray by Tim. <laughs> But uh, Tim Sale and Jeff Lowe. They're just ta- – I just uh, – I mean, it's great. Hopefully, you don't start to experience it, but they're tapping Jason Aaron for a lot he's of getting, stuff. He's getting a lot of books. I worry. Yeah. I am pers- I think we talked about that maybe two episodes ago. I'm personally worried. There's a reason work. why they gave him one of the Marvel Architect titles. I mean, Ab- yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, he's proved his worth. But, uh, you know, let's hope it just doesn't start to fray at so the So we got, no, we got I- Wolverine. He's doing monthly. We have right. uh, Schism, and then when that's over, he's Wolverine going to do Wolverine and the X-Men. X-Men. Incredible Hulk. Uh, Scalped is actually ending at 60, which they announced. Oh. Um, okay. so Punisher, Punisher Max, that's five. Okay. Five titles a month. I mean, at it, least. If they do anything just to get the, the weight off of Bendis' shoulders, and uh, who else is their big. Brubaker, their big what, for a minute there, was running everything yeah. when he was. Matt Fraction is doing a lot. Yeah, yeah Remender. Rick Remender. Yeah. Remender. Rick R. Yeah, Rick, Ricky, Rick, Ricky R. Ricker. Yeah, I mean, uh, I th- I think Jason Aaron can step up, no problem. And if it takes the the pressure off the other Marvel guys, and more power to him. Let's uh, let's keep the train moving in this warm summer evening. <laughs> she ain't kidding. I, I thought Jonesy passed out for a second <laughs> back there. Uh, let's get into the books we're reading. You know, we read old and new in this in this gang. Uh, Jonesy is is signaling <laughs> he's either having a heart attack or he wants to go first. Uh, Jonesy, we'll switch it up. We will switch it up right now. I'm going to let you go first. Whoa. Ooh. Usually when he does that, he'll look up Mark and go, we'll switch it up, Mark, you go. <laughs> uh, no, Daredevil number one. Damn you. There it yeah, is. Yeah, that's why I wanted to go first. I knew everybody else read it. You are one of the biggest Daredevil fans mm, uh, in, the, in the earth. Uh, yeah, it's true. Let in me it. tell you. Inside of it. Let me tell you, my expectation for Daredevil 1 was quite low, even with Mark Waid attached. 
because I I had said it on, you know on the air you know yeah to actually turn that music up because I'm gonna go on for a while <laughs> so uh, you know they they redid his his life story so many times that he you know so much trauma they didn't even met a girl and then the girl dies and then he goes wandering in middle America you know they did that and you know uh, born again and they did it again at the end of um, Bendis Brubaker's run mm-hmm. and uh, then he was a kingpin of pro- uh, kingpin of crime and then he died and he went on another walkabout but now it seems like Wade has gotten back to that Frank Miller you know Matt loves his life and he's not afraid to be that superhero that can you know happy go lucky yeah that can kiss the girl and throw to Billy Club and then show up for court the next day what makes Daredevil great is everything that Wade's got in this book don't make me read this book, Jonesy. Well, you gonna have to. Well, you gonna have to. Oh, girl, loved it. Really? Yeah. That good, huh? No. Did you read it, Slim? No, I didn't read it. Jonesy's right. He nailed that description. It is a refreshing breath of fresh air and a great take on Daredevil. E- even, good to have him back. Even the colors, like you know, for the last probably six or seven years, I don't think Matt's worn anything except for like a gray suit. And yet we see him in Foggy in the streets of New York. You know, he's got a button. He can't down see on. anything, Jonesy. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> he's probably just picking but the maybe, same suit out maybe every day. Foggy w- is buying him some nicer clothes. That's all I'm saying. Uh, nice. My question, you know, uh, probably one of the worst miniseries in recorded comic book history. Yeah, Shadowland. Shadowland. You know that that set him into some kind of psycho ninja. He's obviously not a lawyer. Mark Wade is like pretty much continuing like. It, the first issue feels like he just ignored. He picked off after uh, Brew Baker's last issue. Really? Like it just feels like he ignored all Shadowland. Wow. Can I ask what uh, the uh, Black Panther is doing? Is he still running yeah, around? This New doesn't York? take place in Hell's Kitchen, I think. Right? This is like New York. And yeah, it's, Panther's it's, still. He's, he's in not Hell's in, in his. Oh, uh, okay. He's not in his brownstone. He's trying to get back on the. You know, the he's a practicing lawyer, but he's not trusted because. People still know he's Daredevil, and he's trying to get his reputation back. And how great was it good. though that throughout Mark's issue, he's poking fun at the last two years worth of story. He's like, "Oh yeah, worst comes to worst, I'm gonna snap, run a criminal empire, go crazy, and lose a girlfriend." <laughs> yeah, <they're>, again. <laughs> yeah, the, and he the says best that. part is when they when he does that four or five panels where he makes fun of himself. Like the next panel is him like walking to the courthouse, and like very small font is again dot dot dot. Hmm. Like I don't know, Mark Wade is a genius. That's that's all I'd say. He gave you enough like nods and drops so that you acknowledge the last continuity, but he's not taking it seriously. He's like, yeah, I did this, but it's a new day, is, and he's smiling. Is Mark Wade the best writer in comics today? Hands down, he's your favorite writer's Heard favorite writer. Check it out. Tell me I'm wrong, wow. and I will tell him that at Baltimore Con. You'll be there if anyone wants to meet. Uh, Farrington says you will be there probably signing yes hello paraphernalia <laughs> yeah you're getting a booth I'm sure probably just getting noticed yeah he probably already has a yes hello booth nah the he, yes hello is for the secret identity this is the passion I love paper keg it was paper keg first that's right absolutely was Mark um, let's let's keep are you going. guys hiring or <laughs> over there <laughs> Mark what are you reading this week I read Ultimate Fallout 1 and 2 good heavens Oh man, good. Dealing with the death do of you got to do both. Yeah. Dealing with the death of Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Fallout number 1 opens with the Ultimate Universe's response to the death of Spider-Man. So you see most everybody in shock. You see Nick Fury become the director of Shield again. You see 
uh, Aunt May attending the funeral for Peter Parker and her reaction. Uh, I guess I loved it. I loved Ultimate Spider-Man. I love the fact that in this issue, Peter Parker finally gets the respect that he deserves as a character. Hmm. Uh, when you think about it, Spider-Man is one of the greatest heroes in the Marvel Universe, hands down. But he's always, as part of the character, he's the downtrodden hero. So there's a great scene when Aunt May, Tony Stark, and Gwen Stacy are driving over to the funeral. And Tony is awkwardly trying to tell her that I'll cover everything. Don't worry about it. Sorry for your loss. Aunt May is still in shock. She pulls around the corner, full page spread of this beautiful cathedral and thousands and thousands of people there to just mourn the death of Peter. Tony explains to her that uh, the city needs this. The world needs to mourn this hero. Um, I know you lost a son, but we lost a hero. You need to feel it. And it was just heart-wrenching. It was really good to see Peter get that final acknowledgement. What's even more heart-wrenching, though, and I'm thinking about that splash page again, and I'm getting even hotter. Um, <laughs> it, when Tony when Tony Stark is like, I'll pick up the tab and stuff, Aunt May is just like, yeah, it's okay. You know, I just want something small, you know, just to mourn my nephew and stuff. And Tony Stark's like, look, I don't think you have any say in this. Because you know he was a he was a hero and a friend to a lot, and then they pulled and then they show the cathedral and, and oh man, it was just like I got red in the face. It just hit me in the Are face. You bawling right now? So powerful. That sweat exactly. And then how about the next scene too? The next page where they're walking in, and you just see a little girl being held by her mom. She yells, "Aunt May, are you Spider Man's mommy?" She goes, "No, dear, I'm his aunt." And this little girl has a slight burn on her face. He said, "One time, Spider Man saved me from a fire," and everybody just stops. Uh, Aunt May's frozen in shock. Little girl asks if she wants a hug. Everybody is stunned. They hug. And you can just see the people around them breaking down crying. It was just good. It was a beautiful moment. Did either of you cry when you read that scene? I wanted to. I teared up. You wanted to? Are you an emotionless robot? Well, unlike you, I am not a father. <laughs> so it's a little harder for me to That could be the most depressing tears. thing I've ever heard you say. I wanted to cry. But you just, it just didn't happen for, the for whatever reason. over here. Uh, I was already crying about something else, so it was really, you know. Oh, I read it. I it was okay. okay. The series is fun. I, I can't wait to see it segue it. into the new Ultimate Universe that we're going to get in a couple months. The only part I didn't like about issues one and two was what, what was Ultimate Thor doing there? He was what, daydreaming why? about Valhalla. Yeah, but, like, why four pages to get there? It was. It was. Four, it took me out of it. it took me out of it. No, you're right. I think I was like, "What is this all about?" Four pages spent on this guy's speech with like one one sentence on each panel, but then they showed Peter there drinking in Valhalla with uh, all the other fallen that, heroes, they which done was that in absolutely. Two but I think yeah. I think it, it was justified at the end for all the panels and the long speech. I think it was worth it in the end for uh, to show I, Peter. Uh, someone on my comic list was saying how Ultimate Fallout number two is only 19 pages of content for four bucks. Did anyone else I really notice didn't that? notice that? I didn't notice uh, that either. No, it was like only 19 pages. Yeah. What a, what a week. Yeah, what you a know, week. It, it, I hate when I go to the comic book store because I get a stack. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not checking content until I read it at home. So sometimes yeah, that's exactly I get right. bamboozled. You yeah. know, when I'm mm-hmm. on the pot. Yeah, you're on the pot I'm a like, lot. You know, four pages, what? A dollar per page, Holmes. But this was one of those issues that, at least speaking for myself, I knew I was going to read. I want to see the segue into the new Ultimates. I want to see the new Ultimate Spider-Man. So, It's almost worth four bucks to see the Ultimate Universe actually get good again. You're right. I uh, disagree. I'm not going to pay four dollars for that until the relaunch starts. Do you want to borrow mine? Uh, uh, 
for free. Look. I'm not even sure if I would read that one for free. Free you know? 99? Free you 99? You can't afford free 99? I love let's, this slang. Let's, let's get into some good comics right now. Straight. Let's let's flip it. If I can if I can real quick just yeah. cuz these these issues deserve their uh, their their timing. Um in issues 1 and 2, issue 1, Aunt May, Steve Rogers comes up to Aunt May and says, uh, look, I want to apologize. I'm the one that killed your nephew. And that's how it ends the first issue. And the second issue is basically uh, Steve um, uh, explaining to Aunt May how he's the one um, that sent him home. He basically got him shot because, uh, you know, Peter jumped in front of the bullet that was meant for Steve. And, uh, you know, he's like, I just, you know, I sent him home because I didn't think he was ready. And uh, and Aunt May is basically just, he gives him the gives him the business, which he totally deserved. But she's just laying into him saying, you know, my boy has been a hero. He's done all this for you guys because he was such a fan of every all you guys. And, and this is what you're going to tell me. Uh, it was, I mean, it was powerful stuff. And Steve, I mean, what's Steve going to do? We, he was, she was totally right. I remember some of that rant. You're right, because she was laying into him saying stuff like, you promised to train him. This is where he wind up. And he was doing fine before you guys ever came along. And then how about when she runs out of the church, uh, sees everybody, falls over in shock, and J. Jonah Jameson, of all people, oh, yeah, yeah. walks up to her to help her up, talk her back into the church. It's just kind, sweet, yeah. sensitive, whatever. Because that's, I mean, I expect that from all five issues because that's, that's what's deserved for uh, Peter, hmm. Ultimate Peter. Anyway, sorry. It sounds powerful. It sounds it's very powerful. powerful. Uh, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to put that out there. What have you been reading? I've been reading some... Uh, Fart face. J- Jeff Smith, creator of Bone. Bone? Uh, he's got a new app out. You know, he's in the comics app by Comixology. Uh, they had a 99-cent deal for a, for a Razzle. Anyone ever read Razzle? Never read it. I saw it was on sale. Was, my interest was piqued. Um, I'm going to peek a little bit more. I'm going to peek it. Look. Uh, Razzle stars a character, you know, all black and white. Um, stars a character that is an art thief. But he's got a little twist. You know, he has got a device that allows him to travel into parallel universes to steal that art. Um, so, Question. Why doesn't he just steal the art from the other universes? That's what he does. Oh. Are you talking about his original universe or? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe he got bored stealing art in his own universe. You know, you know, sometimes you get bored in your own universe, Gen Z. You want to branch out. You know? Duh. You're duh. Right. You're right. Uh, so there's a problem, though. You know, he, he uses the machine to get back to his own universe. Uh, you know, he, he sees a jukebox. Sees a, uh, who was the artist we were talking about earlier? Africa? Toto? <laughs> What? No, not this By time. Toto. Um, I was singing earlier when we were doing a test recording. Who did you compare me to? Oh, Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Obviously, I sound a lot like Bob Dylan. Uh, he sees a Bob Dylan album in the jukebox, except it's not Bob Dylan. It's some other dude. Whoa. So he's like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Uh, so he runs, and, and he sees this creepy-looking dude in like a black suit following him. You know, he looks like a lizard. You know, he's not human, but he's not like a... His face is more like drawn down. Um, kind of looks like one of those I Spy guys. Remember, you know, you, you guys yeah, heard of that? Yeah. Spy versus spy? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, whatever that is. 
Um, so, Nonsense. so he meets up with uh, one of his lady friends in his current universe. He he travels back again, uh, but stuff happens. You know, some some bad stuff is happening. People are on to him. And uh, the the thing that really struck me was uh, I'm not a big Jeff Smith fan. I never I've read maybe the first issue of Bone because it was free on my iPhone. Um, but the pacing of the paneling in the book blew me away. There was a scene where he thinks someone is following him in in, in like a dark alley uh, in the street, and it was like it like blew me away. I was like I, I'm literally. Um, my heart is racing just reading this this panel, this page. And wow. I was like, that's never happened before. Wow, really? It's really good. Great use of blacks uh, in the book. No offense, Mark. <laughs> I was going to let it go. <laughs> um, I was No, it's a black and white book. I highly recommend it just to <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Dale, uh, you look like you're ready. You know, you're ready uh, to talk. <laughs> talk about what you're reading right now. Let's get into it. Jason, the Nightheart, Aaron. <laughs> Jason, what? Jason, the Aaron Nightheart. What? What? Because uh, of his beard. Jesus Christ. Oh, duh. <laughs> no more. Oh, my God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> X-Men Schism, numero uno. Blast. $5. <laughs> in print and digital, oh, such mind a you. sucker. Good. It was good. <laughs> it was good. Was it five dollars good? Yeah, was it? That's, that's the oh, big. That's God. the big question. Was well, it five dollars? You know, let's talk about the story first. We'll get into that. A lot happened. No. Uh, yeah, X Men Schism number one. Cyclops, Wolverine. Cyclops has been tapped to go speak at some, you know, of course, some mutant human relations thing. Yeah, that's what he does. Like it's like every episode and every issue of the comic ever. Um, he taps Wolverine to be his personal security. You know. It's a big step for them. Yeah, exactly. Friends, but uh, you colleagues. know, what Wolverine is the guy. I mean, you want yeah. the utmost in security. I would call Wolverine. Call Wolverine. <laughs> uh, so that Kid Omega shows up ah, from the old Morrison run. Yeah, Kid Whoa. Omega shows up. He uh, influences all the world leaders to spill their dirtiest secrets for uh, about thirty seconds. Cause some turmoil. Cause some yeah. issue. Because now mutants are the douches again. Right, because now the humans realize that this one mutant did that. Mutants are the enemies again. Good. So, um... And, oh, and it's all about the Sentinel program. Cyclops was asking the world leaders to disarm all these Sentinels in their country. So this one, uh, I think from Egypt, this one world leader says, I don't even know what these Sentinels are. You look like no. Ahmadinejad. Am I right? right? Anwar... Somebody. Sorry, Jones. I didn't mean to throw that out. Um, <laughs> he says, I don't know what Sentinels are, sir. Please. Right. Please. And then uh, they they pull, the mutants pull this stunt. Everybody starts arming up Sentinels out of the Fuckers. ace. Whoops. Effort. The guy, the world leader from Egypt, sitting on the palm of Sentinel's hand this guy, in his country. This Whoa, guy. MF. Uh, it's It's heating up. Right, it's so this is, this is the start. This is the start of the schism. Right. So it's obviously going to be something, uh, you know, you d- I guess it depends on what side of the, uh, you know, the Sentinel. Are they going to fight the Sentinels? Right. Is it, um, are they going to go war with humans? Right. Are they going to go to the war with the humans? Like, they could. I, and it was so funny because Cyclops was so 
not jaded, but he's just so used to He's like, this is what they do. This is what they do every time. It was a really good ending to the book because he, it's almost like he's, he was sort of fed up about it. Yeah, they're setting this up. I read uh, Mark's copy. I'm not going to pay $5 for that. Absolutely right. not. Agreed. You just, I'm going to just throw that back in your dumb face. Dumb $5 face. Um, it seems like they're really setting up for Cyclops to just get murdered. At the end of this, big no. time, big no. time murder. No. They won't. They were set. Happen. Let me let me speak. Finish. All right? Let the man finish. Jesus. I'm you know? Wolverine and his you know, Cyclops right now. Right? I know it's hot. It's getting heated. So cut uh, out, kid Omegas. Listen, you know all this junk that that prelude to schism bolt flop. Now that whole thing was you know in Cyclops's psyche for like four issues. You know, getting the inside of his head. I don't know. I don't think he's been on the. I don't think he's shown. On the covers of the new Uncanny X Men number one, they showed Emma. Uh, they, they showed Emma first. Hold on, hold on. They said in uh, when they announced the solicitations, he would not be in X Men starting with issue one. Correct. Whoa. So I'm not sure if he's going to get just straight up murder. Mark, what's the slang for murder? Kilt. I'm not sure if he's just going to get straight up kilt, but he's going to maybe just go on a walkabout, you know, with Daredevil. For go to Alaska, months. cry about his um, ex love. Ah. But and they just—they, I mean, he has—he was killed not that long ago in comic years when he years. merged with Apocalypse. Exactly, and that's what makes me think they won't do it again. Only just from a story standpoint, it's been done before. Right. I mean, I would—I don't know. I was maybe wishing live in seclusion. Who knows? Like maybe he's just sick of it all. I'm, I want to see how it turns out, but I don't—I don't know why they're not doing a Cyclops team and a Wolverine team. It's just flat you got, out. You got the wiki up? No, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have it. Dave, Mark, notate this. <laughs> Okay, now that's on right now. Cyclops becomes the next Magneto and mutant leader against the humans. And you know why? That I'm not going to say that that's insane because <laughs> Fear itself's cover had uh, him dressed up as Magneto. Nuh uh Yeah, it did. Well, Spoilers way me. back. Are you, don't don't play uh, Farrington aloof right no, now. No, no, no. I totally not. <laughs> Farrington I'm aloof. Totally not. I'm not trolling you, bro. Uh, when the Fear itself teasers came out. They showed, like, Spider-Man, you know, in New York, and there was chaos on the TV screens. Captain America was holding a broken shield, um, and Cyclops was dressed as Magneto. I, and I, the tagline was, do you fear what you'll become, yeah. what you've become. Yeah. That that flips everything on its ear, because if anything, you picture Wolverine losing his ass, you know, for a time. And Yeah, but he's kind of like the team guy. I know, but that's exactly... Samurai now. No, but that's exactly right. Like, it's just... It's going to be a nice twist if that's how I do it, and you spoiled it for me. Awesome. I can't wait. Exactly. And one of the things I loved about this book was the paradigm shift between Wolverine and Scott. Paradigm. Going into Schism, I assumed that Scott was going to be the conservative one. We'll do the right thing. Walk, turn yes. the other cheek. Wolverine was going to be the one who's, no, we got to take the fight to them. But Scott was just militant. Hard and yeah. restrained. There was a scene where Storm's telling him, calm down, don't overreact. And he says, the world just shoved a gun in our face. How do you expect oh me to react? God. It's, like, it's going to be so good. I'm so I mean, glad I'm reading Remember this. when he had the teenagers in the room? They're watching the news conference. And, and he told them to come back in a room. Yeah, he tells them to come back. Mm-hmm. They fear and hate us. you got to remember that. And yeah. then on the flip side, Wolverine, you know, he doesn't like the fact that that young mutant girl... I never play with a doll. Yeah, yeah. So he goes and he makes sure that Jubilee, t- you know, has gets a doll from what he gave to her as a kid. Like it's this oh could be. God. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it right now. Forty three thirty in this podcast. This could be very first time Jonesy was ever right. <laughs> <laughs> we oh won't we won't know until uh, you know six months from now. Jason Aaron skyping us right now to tell me he's wrong. <laughs> he's doing it right now. Answer that. Phone. Uh, who's, uh, whose turn is it? 
Is this? Uh, this is lightning round. I think we all win. Yeah, we, we are. We are. Lightning round. Maybe we can do two <laughs> books per lightning in this lightning round. Who knows? All right. I don't know if I have enough. All right. We'll, no, uh, I got two books. I can. You know, I can lightning them up. All right, uh, Jonesy. Two sentences. This is the the hot, popular uh, lightning round. I'd say controversial. I'm not sure that's English. Uh, <laughs> so lightning round. We talk about a book. Two sentences. To All right. Talk about it from the old school. You got planetary night on Earth. Two sentences. What? What? Am I am I going? This is this is not no, right. Planetary night are, on Earth. Are we it's not a, in the trust uh, yeah. tree? That's <laughs> the trust tree. <laughs> All right. So planetary night on Earth is the um, planetary Batman crossover uh, done by Ellis. It's uh, it tells a story that planetary is in their version of Gotham City and, and is investigating this criminal who can um, flip through universes. They meet Batman. Uh, it's not as lame as it sounds, and you leave with a very poignant new view of Batman's drives. Second book, are we doing a was that two a whole, time? Wow, that was a I didn't even think to track that sentence down. That was a long sentence, huh? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I lost track of time <laughs> on that one. I'll be honest. Second book, what uh, is another planetary crossover? JLA Terra Occulta. Mm. It is uh, a what if story in the planetary universe. And the what if answers, what if Planetary was actually Clark, Bruce, and uh, Wonder Woman as the good guys? And what if the Planetary Foundation was the four from the original series? Very good. Yeah, actually, uh, that's the, what was the issue that I tested out the send as a gift? Was that the first Night one? Night on Earth, yeah. Tried it out on Comixology. Old birthday digital gift. Mm, nice. My friend Jim. JLB over here, turn to Big 2-9. Happy birthday, Josie. <laughs> Lightning Happy round. Happy birthday, Mark. Uh, this segment, setting the internet on fire. Mark, let's go. The Iron Age number two. Story of Boy. Iron Man bouncing around through time through various areas of the Marvel Universe. It's a fun book because you get to see him go into old school Marvel history and interact with old school characters. It is a little slow. It's just filled with Easter eggs. I think you have to be a fan to like it. Other book, Green Lantern 67, Conclusion of the War of the Green Lanterns Crossover. Indescribably good. What? It is indescribably. Indescribably. What? Good grief. It's high praise. It is a game changer. By the end of this series, everything in the Green Lantern universe changes. But it'll be rebooted oh, in a month anyway. No. They're sticking with. They're sticking the with Green the country. Sticking. Sticking. Gonna pick up War of the Green Lantern aftermath show. after to see what happens. Really? Yeah, I'll let you know how it is. Right. But with your lightning round, you can't reveal what happens. Now we, you can't it. even really talk about it anymore. You oh lost. My God. You lost a chance. Lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning, uh, round. lightning round. My one edition. Agreed. The Walking Dead. <sighs> Gonna get a little controversial right now. Controversial. I'm starting to get bored. I might wait for the trade. Wow. Yeah. Just let that simmer. Just let it simmer is what I'm going to say. Let it simmer. Uh, Anyone else reading it? Yeah. I'm sorry. We we can't even talk about it. We've got to keep going. Tell you who read it. uh, Sarah from the uh, comic book shop, Wilmington, Delaware. Show sponsor. She was happy with it. Uh, That's all I know. I didn't read it. She was happy the direction or something. She and I are going to start arm wrestling. She might at this point beat you. She's got tattoos. She does. I can't beat a tattoo. Nobody can. 
Dale underscore A. Uh, lightning Round. Artesia. Mark Smiley. Never heard of it. Are you An Archaea saying, book. What is that? Go ahead. That's my comics. JLB. <laughs> Artesia. Is it a, it's about uh, the highlands of some made-up world and a war priestess named Artesia. It was made in 1999. <laughs> 1999. Uh, very good. Uh, it's very good. It's more like the if you watch Game of Game of Thrones, love it. Less magic, but more sex. Uh, more incest. Yeah, there's more. How many sentences do you have to right now? But well, hang on. I already how lost much, count. How Check much incest is in this? No incest. It's a it's a it's a good book. I recommend it. The first issue free in Comicsologies. Whoa, app. I'm on it. Another successful lightning round in the books. But I got news for you. We got to get to our book club uh, omnibus. That we read. That was actually my second uh, lightning round book. Is all my time was devoted to Captain America because <laughs> we we talked about you know cel- oh, we didn't even talk about the Captain America movie. Let's, Let's talk about it right now before we read Brewbreaker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in a minute we'll get into the Brewbreaker first two arcs of Captain America, starting with number one, Out of Time, Man Out of Time, mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so we all saw Cap. We were supposed to open the show with this. I don't know what happened. Jonesy probably made a mistake. I probably passed out. Uh, we also cap. Um, I made the bold claim on the Twitter. On the Twitter, yeah, slim so, on the Twitter, which means it's it's real. It's a true. That's claim. when I re- that's when I get row. Yeah. Um, Captain America is better than any and every other Marvel movie ever made, including Iron Man. Yes. That's a bold statement. That's I don't a bold go, I don't statement. I don't go any less bold. He Why tweeted it, Mark. He Why tweeted. is that? Uh, stayed true to no, I'm curious. the character. Iron Man did the same. I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I feel a special connection with Cap. You know, he's the greatest superhero uh, that we could ever strive to be. He's got the American fighting Aside spirit. Batman, let's be honest. Of course. Uh, superhero friend, I said. <laughs> Batman keep doesn't going. have the American keep going. fighting keep going. spirit. Um, you know, it's just every every point this uh, movie hit on just did it. Everything was solid. Red Skull, are you kidding me? Hugo Weaving, yeah, the makeup, greatest. greatest villain in in Marvel movie history. His accent, I'm gonna throw it out there. I'll give you that. Red Skull, if you could have oh, yeah. the power of the gods. Uh, every every scene, there was no scene where I was bored. There's uh, nothing wrong with it. Nothing. Start out with the scrawny Steve Rogers. Everything gold. Let's talk can about I, that. Can uh, I? No, sorry. Go ahead. No. I'm sorry. The CGI with uh, Chris Evans' head on the scrawny Stunning. body. Stunning. Seamless. It was Flawless. beautiful. And there was at least 30 minutes of it. I mean, it was amazing. Tommy Lee Jones, uh, he played his role poetically. Who played Peggy yeah. Carter? Some British bro. Hayley Atwell, I think her name okay. is. Okay. Very nice. Um, Thank you. This, you know, every scene that they were in, the three of them, magic. The last scene that all three of them were in. Come off it. Oh, just come off it right now. Jeez, I love the inclusion of the Howling Commandos and Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, my God. No, I loved it, too. I knew we'd all like it. I mean, we do. We're a show about comics. Mm. So I was talking to my boy, who also saw a non-comics fan, but a movie fan. hated it profusely. Who, who is this boy? He's a DJ on the Why Not Radio. Oh, okay. Anyway, I was talking is to my our, friend. Is that our internet radio station? Yes, it is. He made a good point about the movie. 
he's not in the comics, but he likes movies. He was having a hard time trying to figure out where the animosity and the hatred between Red Skull and Captain America came in. Now, before I pounced on him, I'm like, explain yourself. He goes, in every other comic movie, for the most part, you see the rivalry build. There's some sort of, they have some sort of relationship, the hero-villain, and you get where their arch-nemesis relationship is developed. But in Captain America and the Red Skull, nothing really happened. Wrong. You're getting me fired up right now. What happened? He yeah. hi- he authored the death of Eskrin. Yeah. He said, died, the Earth, whatever. German guy, doctor. He Stanley did. Tucci. I mean, my immediate response was... You're stupid. Hartley. My immediate he, response was that Cap was being a good soldier and he's going after the guy who's number two to Hitler. But then when you think about it, it's... No, he's kind of got a point. I mean... Nah, I mean, but coming from Steve Rogers, the ultimate soldier who wanted to join the war to stop people like the Red Skull, like, oh, man, he's he's killing Americans. He's, I'm, I'm right on. there with you. There and are Rogers boys that... on that front line dying. I deserve to do no less. Did you just stop me? Yeah, I did, because you <laughs> stood over the microphone. I won't have it. I won't have it. No, I mean, I argued that it was he's being a good soldier, he's doing his job, but then I started thinking about it. Damn near every Marvel movie and every other superhero movie you see what happened to make them hate each what other. What did? What was the villain relationship in Iron Man two? I don't remember. In Iron with Man the, with two, Whiplash. Eh. Whiplash is Whiplash, uh, nothing much. It was Howard Stark stole Whiplash's ideas, I think, or Whiplash's desi- dad's ideas. Design, and it was Obadiah Stane, or it was Ezekiel Stane who was trying to take over the company. I don't know. I personally uh, see the relationship right off the bat. Uh, Nazi that wants to kill Americans against exactly. American that wants to protect his country. But why did the Red Skull hate Captain America? Because he perfected the super soldier serum that he should have gotten. Right. He was the antithesis of the Red Skull. I don't really think... And he was jealous because there there was no way the Red Skull could possess the qualities that made Captain America as good as Captain America was. Plus, he was a bully. He was a bully. That was the explanation I gave, too. Wow, you were like... Not an, uh, an American right now. So. <laughs> okay, that's good. I'm glad we. So uh, other great points that we uh, that we probably all love the usage of the shield. Yes, was, was fantastic. Um, the comedy in the movie. It had a lot of funny spot, moments. Spot on. Howard Stark. Break. Uh, you know he was a star of the movie. In my book, Tommy Lee Jones had, had fond, some good ones fondue. too. How the, about uh, the blonde? Oh the man, the blonde yeah. chick who gave Captain America what he deserved. And was thanking 400 soldiers' wives. My wife pointed out that's uh, Natalie Dormer from the Tudors. Really? Oh, was it really? Yeah, she was um, the second queen. She probably showed her boobs in it. That's all I know about the Yeah, Tudors. she did. A lot real. of people did in that show. I watched one episode and I was exhausted sexually. Sexually? <laughs> <laughs> How great was the scene where uh, just after Cap takes the super soldier serum and he's chasing after the spy, spy grabs a little kid. Throws him into the oh, water. Yeah. So he has to. It's the old paradigm on do I go after the bad guy or do I save the innocent bystander? He throws him in a river. And do I spoil? Spoil. I don't know. That's spoilers. Do it. Yeah, yeah spoiler. Just, all right. He throws him into the river. And Cap does a double take, sees the bad guy getting away. He starts running towards the river. The music shifts. He gets ready to do an epic dive to save him. Camera cuts to the kid just sitting there treading water in the river saying. It's okay. I can swim. Go get him. <laughs> Which I don't think anybody in the theater saw coming. No, I didn't. Hysterical. Uh, Hysterical. I think I was 
uh, more excited for this movie than I was the first Spider-Man. I Whoa. agree. I agree. And I had an ass-eating grin on my face for that movie the whole time. One more great line, Mark, as, as we're still doing the humor, is when he goes to uh, break out the soldiers and uh, Dum Dum Dugan goes, are you sure you know what you're doing? And he's like, it's okay. I've knocked out a Hitler over 200 times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good too. Another great play on a joke was when before Steve Rogers is still puny Steve Rogers, when they're doing the training montage, they run X amount of miles. They get to the flagpole. That's Anybody? a spoiler. That is a spoiler. Yeah, let's just let's just you slow can't. it down. All right, all right. Everyone but how great was it. that moment? It was. That was pretty good. Right, right. And props to Caps Howling Commandos. I mean, Dum Dum Dugan, come off of it. He's you are such a you're Dum Dum Dugan. He's such a Billy B A man. Number one fan. Where did the, the where did the love start with you? It and started Dum-Dum? with the I don't know. It started with the trailer. The hat. It started with a classy hat. Now I want to go back and read all the Dum Dum Dugan stories. I got to tell you, I was looking at the Howling Commandos waiting for a Nick Fury cameo. Because you don't do the Howling Commandos without Nick Fury. That would have been an interesting cameo. But um, we all loved it. We're running out of time. Word. I think. Does anyone have any other points we want to hit on for the Cat movie? See it. Maybe we can talk about the Avengers teaser uh, next week. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Okay. Pants on the ground. You read my mind, Slim. Let's move on. Let's shift. Captain America was relaunched with Ed Brubaker at the helm. You know, he was he was he was a hot commodity back then. Still is. Steve Epting. Could be argued that argued that he still is. Could be. Is he? It is. It is arguing. Is he though? I'm, I'm arguing. I'm arguing it. Um, it right this now. is you know this takes Cap to a to an espionage esque theme for the book. Uh, I don't think anyone was re- reading it before this was relaunched. You know, although Mark, Mark Wade's run was obviously spectacular, underrated, incredible. Um, so this starts uh, the first arc. Man out of time uh, talks about a new villain, Lucan. Russian, uh, who's making deals with the Red Skull. You know, they both want the cube, the cosmic cube. The, yeah. Uh, that, that took place and that happened in the movie, too. Um, and, and Lugan rises to a position of power over the course of the story. Uh, and, and, uh, Bucky plays a big part. You know, the flashbacks of the second arc. Uh, the second arc is called The Winter Soldier. Uh, very infamous back then, you know. Uh, no, we we can just talk about. It. There's no spoilers anymore. Um, it tells a story of how Bucky, you know, he died originally in the explosion, but the uh, he you know he crash landed pretty much on like a Russian sub, you know, when he fell to the earth, um, and he was put in a cryogenic stasis and used as an assassin. For the Russian, uh, for the Russians during the Cold War, and you know, a ton of other times, so he he's he's charged with um, assassinating the Red Skull in the first arc, and he comes face to face with Cap at the end of the uh, second arc. Hmm. A lot of issues to read for these two. I'll ton. be honest, f- uh, fourteen issues, ton of issues, a lot to get through. And I think um, I think I enjoyed it because we read it all at one time. If I had to read this monthly, I would have been so pissed, I think. Absolutely. Because this is like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't do it all the time, but Brubaker can write for the trade, you know, a lot of this stuff. And and funny enough, the first issue of this opened similarly to the new Captain America number one, where, like, um, 
you know, they kind of nothing happens, but then there's kind of like a, a shock at the end of the issue where there's kind of like a new character brought in and some, you know, a change of the status quo, um, you know, leading up for the next issue. Not a lot of happened. It's just kind of like, you know, a lot of dialogue. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I have the print issues, which I completely forgot. Like I have so many comics that I don't even remember that I own. So I went back and, and found them and it was like reading it for the first time. I don't know if I ever read them when I first bought them, but Dale, uh, it didn't sound like you liked it. Uh, when you, you hit the nail on the head when you said it seems like sometimes Brubaker writes for the trade. Um, the first six, the first arc was very intriguing to me. Um, the Red Skull dies in the first issue. Lucan has him assassinated and, uh, and that's it. He's gone. So, uh, Lucan gets the uh, cosmic cube and he starts to wield the power of the cube and is able to possess it and starts, you know, rising in, uh, you know, in all his aspirations. And it turns out he's, you know, basically becoming mad from it. And uh, he makes the conscious decision to ditch the cube because it's it's turning him to the person he didn't want to be. Which is kind of, you know, got to give him props for that. Um, I liked where that story went. It took Cap solo, mostly. With, and, you know, he, Nick Fury and Sharon Carter was in it. Uh, or, or was it Sharon Carter? What's whatever? Name? Yeah, Agent Thirteen. Agent Thirteen. Um, and it was a lot of you know, it was a lot of kind of undercover espionage type stuff. They had a, there was a, a scene, in, a couple scenes in Philadelphia, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Then they blew up Philadelphia, which wasn't cool. But Not cool, bro. It's always nice to see. It was the Philadelphia skyline too, which was really, which was really neat to see that the artist did their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, the second arc, the Winter Soldier arc, it just. It didn't do it for me like I thought it could have. Like, I wasn't feeling Steve uh, realize the fact that this was Bucky and it was his long-lost friend from the war and he was trying to reclaim him from this, uh, you know, this brainwashed Blanca from Street Fighter character. (laughs) He's like Jason Bourne, the Winter Soldier. Like, he was brainwashed into thinking he was somebody else. And I just couldn't feel that connection that he had with Bucky. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like how it was six, seven issues. It was just that just drug on entirely too long for me, I think, but uh, they were long, very, you know, dialogue heavy. The Bucky issues had a ton of flashbacks. I started to get annoyed with the flashbacks towards the end of that arc. Um, the flashbacks and the, uh, a lot of the pages were like, like Steve looking at these files from uh yeah the one issue is like all of him just reading the files for the winter soldier yeah so it was really odd and it's just it wasn't much to grasp onto the flashbacks and stuff like that with them trying to turn into bucky into some badass of the war which is really cool because he looks like a cornball but <laughs> uh, his long hair no back in from oh, the 1940s yeah, yeah. he was i mean he looks like a twat but um <laughs> yeah they talked about how he was going to be able to do the dirty work that Cap couldn't do since he was a symbol, which was a new take. Yeah. I don't remember. Which was a great take, I thought. I liked it a lot. I thought that was really cool. He did look like a cornball. And then they dress him up like a doofus, poor kid. And uh, there's there's one person that I want to hear their thoughts on, and it's Mark Farrington. There's an old adage in comics that used to say, at least Uncle Ben is still dead, and at least Bucky Barnes is still dead. Mm -hmm. So when Brubaker did this, I was very curious as as to how he was going to bring back Bucky. Listening to you guys talk about it, you're right. It's very flashback heavy, and I'll even go as far to say that there is more flashback and dialogue than there is action. But from a story standpoint, I liked it. 
I agree with you, Slim, that this reads a lot better in trade mm-hmm. because at least we could see the payoff instantly. Right. It was very much a slow burn, but um, I I, I think I would have went out of my mind if I was trying to read this monthly. Oh, I don't think absolutely. I would. I don't think I would have picked it up. That's I could have why, stuck that's with it. Probably why I don't even remember it, even though I own the floppies. Like I literally don't remember. I didn't remember any of it. I liked the take on Bucky. I liked the reasons for bringing him back. And I kind of liked how Steve Rogers, who's this centered character, always got it going on. One of the rocks of the Marvel Universe was slowly starting to unwind as people were messing with him about Bucky. And he acknowledged that. Yeah, he was losing it, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And he was getting furious. He would start remembering. His memories would be distorted, so he would remember his last few memories of the war differently. He remember He would envision different ways that him and Bucky died, mm-hmm. and he would get agitated and more violent as he got more and more encounters with the Winter Soldier. And ultimately, when he realized who the Winter Soldier was, it was that moment of, okay, do I stop him? Do I help him? Can I stop him? It was cool. Could Clear this up for me. It, when Cap goes into that great uh, monologue in the first issue, like uh, he starts it off with, you know, I've been around for so long after I've gotten unfrozen is it right for me to still dream about World War II? He goes into this really nice monologue, but did you kind of get the feeling that maybe Red Skull was moving behind the scenes then with the Cosmic Cube and maybe changing circumstances? Maybe, like, I kind of got the the feeling, rereading it a second time, um, that maybe Red Skull was behind bringing Bucky back and he just using the power of the Cosmic Cube just kind of changed a couple of circumstances that allowed for Bucky to become this Russian super spy. Dave, uh, that's at one hour five minutes and forty four seconds. It's, <laughs> it's not a wrong theory if I, if it's you know if it happened ten years ago. The, <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't sure, but I mean, the, I think the cube definitely was a huge part of all of that. What what is the Cosmo Cube's powers exactly? Uh, anything you can think of it can do. It's so it's possible that he could have just, you know, look at the split, let me yeah. bring Bucky back yeah. to F with Cap. The Cosmic Cube is the monkey's paw for the Marvel Universe. This guy okay. over here. He had he that one waiting. Whew. It's probably written on his Check. hand. It's, it's written on his <laughs> iPad there. It Make is. sure he says it. He drew it on there. Um I I had some notes for the series that we can get into when everyone's done. On their, but did you you enjoyed it, Jonesy? Yeah, I actually I thought the two best issues were the two interludes. First one being the uh, sad lonely death of Nomad. That was great. <laughs> that what was Dale's. Was that your worst issue? <laughs> I was said? like, I have so many comics to read. I didn't oh not God. need to deal with this right now. <laughs> I you know on the other hand, I loved it. Yeah, because it was like you know here's this third string Marvel douchey superhero. Mm-hmm. At least you know, and true Brewbreaker fashion. Let's not have him end on a good note where he's a little redeemed. Let's have him die <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. drunk, crazy douchebag in a back alley. And the right. first issue, or that his issue opens with him just like falling out of a trunk dead. Yeah. And he's just like yeah. looking at the camera. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible opening uh, for him. Great issue. Uh, and I like the, uh, I forgot this happened during House of M. I skipped that issue. But I, I, oh, I liked yeah. it. Now that was a good issue. I that liked really it. was. You know, it's, uh, everybody tells a story that, you know, if Cap wouldn't have gotten frozen, how the world had been different and changed and been so much better, Captain America could have, you know, brought about this new world order, this, you know, just, you know, justice and righteous world. And to be honest, like everything else, he grows up and gets forgotten. 
and he doesn't relate. Nobody cares that he saved the world and beat Hitler. They, you know, they care about their Xbox and their mm-hmm. their Magneto Big Brother mutant. So you know, uh, yeah, I I kind I like that a lot as a as an old man. Myself. Yeah, old man at heart. Twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one from the uh, grave. No, no, I, I like those two issues. They're great, and I also like the the final issue where um, Cap, in a in a moment of weakness, seizes the cube and commands it to restore Bucky's memories. I thought yeah, that was the, good I I really liked this the parts or the flashbacks where the Nazis experimented on the soldiers and they were using them as like bombs to walk into battle. Do you remember that scene? They were almost like zombies. I remember that scene. And oh, yeah. Bucky made a statement like, you know, I would never want to become, you know, someone like that where I wasn't in control of myself. And, oh, uh, man. It's so poignant. I didn't even think Yeah. That. And then that scene, um, you know, where Bucky remembers everything. He remembers that scene. And I, I can't remember what his, what his exact uh, phrase was, but um, it was something to the tune of like, you know, how could you let me... Uh, become someone like this or I would I never why didn't you kill me and then he takes the cube and you know he disappears which was I thought that was great I, I personally loved it yeah that was really good that yeah, that gave Bucky a little bit of character to me depth. because yeah depth the flash like I, and like I said I really like the flashbacks but Cap reuniting with Bucky and you know really trying to make Bucky remember I just uh, didn't feel like it was it was anything to me but uh uh, and like the House of M, Jonesy, I, I really like that issue. It was uh, uh, Captain America has the invaders with him during the war, which is the Human Torch and uh, and uh, Namor and uh, and Toro. Yeah, Torches. Yeah, and um, so House of M kind of picks up where the war is over. Cat, they want to uh, they want to interrogate Cap about this mutant Namor. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like where mutants come into prominence and how mutants kind of take over the uh, limelight from Cap. Uh, and it was it was a really good what if. I mean, oh, man, how about the uh, turn of play where Cap lands on the moon like 15 years before it happened in, you know, our continuity because he trusts mutants. And he says, you know, controversially, like one small step for man, one giant leap for human mutant relations. And and Cap is hated as mm-hmm. this mutant lover. I didn't even notice and that. And then 10 years later, all the mutants hate Captain America, not even realizing, look, right. he was the one that wanted you guys to be all right. Yep. And now they're like, he was their biggest enemy because uh, he spoke out against Magneto because the, the one great line on issue is Cap gets on the podium and he says, look, I've seen men like this before, men named Mussolini, men named Hitler. And everybody boos him off the stage because they think he's bad mouthing mutants. When you know four pages ago he he tried to make mutants part right. of the human race. It was just Bro, Mag- what he was just issue. he was just pointing out Magneto. Man, let's stop the show and I'll read it right now. Some <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the notes I had. Um, Red Skull drinking makes me laugh. I think it's just because he's a skull and he's still drinking wine, <laughs> which reminds me of the movie. I loved his silk shirt at the end. Where he wore that like silk shirt with a huge collar. Anyone else? Oh yeah, that? <laughs> I, I was like, vaguely totally, remember this. That is totally a comic shirt that he would wear. <laughs> um, Cap telling the story of the French parade with him saluting them in the that first issue. That was awesome. 
Um, oh yeah, that was really cool because he's mm-hmm. like, you know, nowadays everybody makes fun of the French, but they don't forget that they were fighting for their co- for their own country. Yeah, that was an awesome. That was story. really good, and it makes me made me respect the French a little more. A little, little bit, but not a whole lot. Garbage. Um, Namar. Uh, yeah, Namar. Nomad murdered. What a loser. He was Bucky? Question mark. Where I didn't know that backstory, so I went to Wikipedia while I was reading that, which was interesting. Uh, Steve's condo reminds me of the movie Avengers trailer. I'm not sure if it's his condo where he's in a gym in that Avengers trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, we the quote from Lucan's um, father, or then I guess it was like his uncle, his adopted parent, uh, in the one scene uh, where he has the quote about you know what the Americans have, and he says, "We Russians have nothing but our winter." And that you know that that would lead into the Winter Soldier arc a little bit, but I like that quote. Um, the panel where uh, Bucky is uncovered by the Russians when he's on the table and his arm is missing. Oh uh, yeah. Um, it reminded me of Fear Itself number four, where Bucky is killed or the, the aftermath of him being killed and he's on the table. What? So oh, I went spoilers. to Mark and I borrowed his Fear Itself number four. And they're literally the same exact page. Really? Two characters on the left, um, one looking back, and one character on the right, and Bucky on the table. The camera is like from the ceiling looking down, and they're literally the same page. And I at replied uh, Stuart Immonen to see if that was like on purpose or like an accident. He didn't at reply me back. Of course not. Because a D back. Music would have. Music probably would have. He's searching his name right now on the Twitter, seeing if anyone's talking about him. Um, Sin, this I guess. Music. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for uh, it. Sin, I guess this is her first appearance in the, in this uh, oh, these yeah. two books. Yeah, it's yeah. called Slaughter. Um, I have part three file reading. I think I liked that issue that you hated the the file reading issue. Uh, so that's that's uh, Burbaker's Captain America. One of the things that I thought made it cool is essentially Captain America is the Rip Van Winkle of the Marvel Universe. His theme is he is a man out of time. And there's a lot of subtle nuances that don't beat you over the head, but remind you that Cap really is a man out of time. Like that issue you were talking about, Slim, where he's saluting the French. It starts off with him and Sharon walking down Paris. And she says, I notice you're looking around a lot. I assume you've been here before. And he goes into the story of how the French were the first to oppose uh, the Nazis, how much he respects them. And she ends that with, I forgot how worldly you are. You've been all around the world. You've seen this and that. And every corner of the universe every corner of earth has a memory for him so it was just a nice little subtle difference he tells somebody his age in this he says i'm 76 years old and every now and then he would start drifting back to how he doesn't fit in here or how he still gets put off by certain things it was just cool yeah i I mean ultimate cap definitely does that part of his personality better Mm -hmm. but i did i did like to see that from the 616 cap Uh, actually another point about the um the ultimate cap i've gotten so used to the late 2000s um reimagining of the cap uniform that to see him in his classic suit like threw me off at first Mm -hmm. with like the chain link armor and uh the The big wings yep and like it it was just like it threw me because i i would i'm so used to either ultimate cap or now the movie cap or even in um recent captain america where they definitely streamlined that outfit like it was weird to see it in all its old full yeah, glory. I don't like it. I don't either. I don't like it. I don't like it a lot. <laughs> if I could get more of the first arc, and I also went ahead and re-read the the uh, three issue arc after the Winter Soldier arc, more about Sin, 
and uh, you know how she was basically she was retconned by Shield, and to be like you know an American nice girl and uh, cross what's his name Crossbones or bare bones uh, whatever bareback <laughs> takes a kidnap sin to try to uh, uh, wake her up so he's torturing her and tries to wake her up to be like you're the Red Skull's daughter you know be who you were born to be kind of thing which tur- t- ends up turning out to come true but the uh, the cap storyline with Sharon is just him and Sharon investigating where Beck uh, where Bucky is is kind of going rogue uh, that was some of the best cap I've read and mm. I'd like to read more of that I mean and he got he got the Basically, knock boots, you know, with Sharon, you know, put on, put on a little uh, Jodeci, and uh, you know, a little hat. <laughs> what, you know some, what you know about some Jodeci? Uh, you know, maybe some peaches and cream by uh, one twelve. Guys, uh, we are the sweetest taboo. Come on, but but my final thoughts, my closing yeah, thoughts yeah. is, I would like to read more of that. So, listeners, if you could point to me more good Cap solo books, because frankly, I like uh, team books where Cap is leading up the team. At, like I think I like that more than his solo stuff. I don't read a lot of Cap, so this is new for me. But uh, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Absolutely. I, uh, Other than Ultimates, which is amazing. Couldn't agree. We got your letters. More. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Hugely popular segment uh, where we we read your letters live to tape. Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. You email us, we'll read it. No matter how crappy it is. No matter how vehement. Yeah. You can be as vehement Venomous. as you want. Little tip for the readers, though. If you shorten them and get to the point, better chance of being read. There you go. Nobody Not that I don't mind the Nobody thoughts, but if you want to hear them, Vicious. sometimes we got to cut them out. Mark Farrington, everything. Having said that, mental high five for Jonesy, right? Hey, guys, love your show. I know very little about comics, probably zero. All that I do know is through movies at Agoonie, Javon, and what you guys explain to me now. How does everyone feel about the new movies out now that are portraying the comics, especially the heroes? Are they keeping the movies as close as they can to the comics? Do you guys think they need it or not? Uh, Sorry, I know who you are, so I don't feel bad doing this. I know that I find myself wanting to read more stories behind the movies now, especially after the latest X-Men and Batman. Also, have you ever read any of the Boondocks by Aaron Magruder? What do you think of Aaron and his work? Multi-question. All right, how does everyone feel about the new movies portraying the comics? And are they sticking close to it? I think that's the main question. Jazzy's calling on me. I loved Cap. You know, we, we talked about it. Thor was amazing. Thor was good, not as good as Cap. I think we can say all the Marvel movies have pretty much knocked him out of the park, aside from Punisher, the second one. Iron Man uh, 2, maybe. I actually like the Punisher. Iron it? Man 2 makes me want to uh, jump in a vat of flaccid like the Joker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Wow. I, uh, I, can't, I can't even remember that movie that much. Exactly. Was that a Marvel one? That was yeah. a Marvel one. Iron, Iron Man, Man is a Marvel. I uh, mean, production-wise, you d-bag. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it's it's in hot con- in here. It's okay. in Marvel continuity. Oh, All right. I love you, so Um And I love Aaron McGritter in the Boondocks. Do love you? Him. Never read it. Love it. Well, I think I might have read it in a Sunday paper. You, you can know, borrow my floppies. Back when uh, people used to read the paper. I'll tell you what. You can borrow my floppies. I'll explain to you the black humor. And you will enjoy it. I don't know if I have time for that. Fair enough. Uh, Let's uh, keep it rolling. We are running out of time. uh, Javon and wife, mental high five back. Jeff G is asking me, was your hello? Jeff Johns? 
Jeff G. If only. Jeff Gons. Nah, Jeff G. Mark, was your Yes and Low TV spot ever supposed to air on Tosh, or did you just make that up? Thank you. <laughs> I didn't write That's that. Awesome. Yes. That is awesome. He got bumped. Yeah, what happened? You 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 talked to Tosh's people last show. You talked yep. to Tosh, right? Is that what? In between That's shows, happened, right? we actually did talk to the producers again on Tosh. We actually really did get offered. Problem was, we got bumped. It was scheduled to air on July 26th, Tuesday, season finale. But And this is a direct quote from the producers. Due to similar content on the same episode, too much man meat and semen jokes, they oh had to cut some of the content. Oh so our sure. segment is going to air in the fall. What is this, uh, Taxi Cab Confessions over here? <laughs> More on that on the Yes and Low webpage. Man meat. Next leader from Sabrina F. It's writing all. Oh, yeah, girly. I read some recaps of the panels where a woman brought her daughter to a panel and grilled DC about not having enough females at the forefront of the DCU creators. This going back to SDCC. Where do you stand on the diversity of the new DCU? Mark, you answer first since you're black. <laughs> wow. Wow. Even the listeners that are getting awesome. in on it. Sabrina. Wow. Uh, seems diverse enough. I really hadn't put too much thought into it. Are we talking from creator or content standpoint? You tell us. I do like that there's Captain multiple diversity. genres. There's more Western. There's more horror. There's more sci-fi. There's a lot more than just traditional superhero. I don't really recall off the top of my head the minority makeup of the new creators. I know there's a couple African Americans and women, so I'm looking forward to it. Shut it down. Mm. There you go. I'm uh, you know, I'm gonna buy some DC books, which is uh, which wasn't true a month ago. There you go. So that's, that's that's a win. You can print book. that because that's exactly what they're going for. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Gen Z, your thoughts on diversity in DC Comics right now? Uh, I two think words uh, or less. two words or less. So good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is like a huge, huge debate. And we could probably, maybe we, we all went to the bar, we could just keep debate about it. But I think the diversity is as good as it can get right now. It's as diverse as it can get with, you know, like there's, a, there's of course, a smaller percentage of women, a, a smaller percentage of, you know, like more minorities in comics. So the percentage of ones that make it are are so magnified because there's so little of them. You know what I'm you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, right? yeah. I tuned in. Um but I think uh thank you. I think uh I think it's great. I mean who who's who's in there now? This Fiona Staples chick. She's all over the uh, the she's, books now. She's doing Brian K. Vaughn's book, but she I've seen her name everywhere in the past couple weeks. Isn't she doing Ultimate Spider Man too? Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. No. Yeah. No. No. Or she's doing uh, Ultimate Fallout, the covers or something. Sarah Pichali is doing that. No, you're right. You're right. Fiona Staples is doing something. Fiona, I love you. Uh, This was another one in the wind calm. I'm going to say right now. Our hottest show ever. You remember last week when you were like, maybe it's a win, maybe it's not. I had to re-listen a few times. You remember that? That was one of our best episodes last week. Go team. Um, I want to thank everyone for being here. You know, uh, Dale. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. It's lovely to have you oh, guys. Oh, and Papa JLB. <laughs> uh, we'll see everyone next week where the book club will be Hulk, Gray, uh, possibly a big announcement. Whoa. Whoa. Life spoilers. could rock the show to its core. Oh, we might not have a show oh, after this announcement. Will Paper Keg survive this announcement? Tune, Prob- in, tune in next week. Probably not, just to let you know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, we meta. will see everyone meta next gaming. week. Uh, review us on iTunes, you turds. Please. Or will we see them next week? Come.